Hey guys, welcome to Talking Luft. Here we are. I'm on the race, first race back at Strata Bianchi. And as you know, last week I did the preview with Luke Durbridge. I wasn't going to do him again on Talking Luft because we've already heard about all his Luft. So I thought I'd get a favourite, a crowd favourite, Mike Woods, and talk a little bit of Luft with him. And uh, he doesn't let down. He's got a great little story to tell. So if you haven't heard the preview back for Strata Bianchi, go back and have a listen to that. But for now, sit back and enjoy this one. Here's Mike Woods talking a bit of Luft. Michael Woods, welcome to Talking Luft, my man. Thanks for having me, buddy. Welcome back to the pod. I've found another way to squeeze you back in. Very happy. Always honored to be on the pod. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a regular listener, so uh, it's nice to be on it. And you're a regular go-to for me for ideas. You're a bit of a sounding board, which has been good. But now it's your turn to get behind the mic, and we're doing Talking Luft, which is pretty quick, pretty easy, pretty fun. Let's start off. Caskets, cycling caps, how do you wear yours? Lots of luft. Lots of luft? Yeah, yeah, I go pretty big, man. I've got a good Rafa photo of me, just like full luft. Like we're talking like it's hardly on the head almost. Rafa luft, that's tough to get as well because they're not overly airy. No, but uh, I don't have a big head. Yeah, that's true. That I does mean, help luft. I mean, my forehead... But with the receding hairline, my head looks a lot bigger than it is. But anytime I put on a cap, actually, it's why I like cycling caps because they're one of the few cycling, like they're one of the few hats that actually fit me. Mm. I wear a normal, like you know, one of those flat-brimmed hats, and I look like a boy. <laughs> so yeah, I like I, lots of lift in the Rafa cap. So what do you do with the brim? Uh, I normally uh, go uh, up, fold up. Nice. Yeah, yeah. All right. If you could have raced back in the day with no helmets, what do you think you would have done? Well, I don't have the great head of hair, so I for sure would have rocked the cap for as long as I could. Forward, brim down? Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, no, I might have go backwards. backwards. Backwards looks pretty sweet. You watch those guys from the 80s with the backwards caps. And I'm always a fan of a backwards cap. <laughs> brim up at the back? or Yeah, brim up at the back. Yeah, nice. All right. What's your favorite race? Favorite race? Um, it's got to be Liege, best on Liege. Nice. Uh, it's super hard, challenging, um, real test of endurance, but also uh, just how, like, the juxtaposition of this beautiful Belgian countryside, all of a sudden finishing in, like, the shittiest part of Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, well, the new course is not, it's, it's different. Like, you finish actually in the heart of Belgium, but uh, the heart of um, Liège, which is actually quite pretty. But uh, after you do Rochefoucauld, you come up this climb. There's some cows to your right. It's like pastoral, really pretty. And they take a left and a left, and all of a sudden you're, you go by a gas station, and the next thing you know, you're just like in these crappy brick buildings that are, you know, look like they've been stained by cold and I don't know, whatever. It's just like very blue collar. You're going through all these steel areas, and it's like, what happened? Where did like all that pastoral setting go? Well, it's hard man. Hard man country. It's a hard man's race. Yeah. yeah. And that, I, that's why I like it. I mean, you have to have legs, and uh, yeah, it's a race I really like. Nice, I like it. All right, crosswinds or mountains? Oh, 
definitely mountains. I mean, I'm not a crosswind specialist, but uh, I actually don't mind the crosswinds. I used to just fear them. But uh, for me, it's almost like I'd rather sometimes have a crosswind day than just a flat sprinter's day because they go by so much more fast. Hmm. They do fly by well. Yeah, I like being engaged. And for me, like, I have a a short attention span, so I don't like just sitting in the peloton. Waiting for the final climb. But obviously, I'm going to go mountains if if I'm given the choice. What's your favorite or hardest training session? Big big ride with you, bud. Yeah? Yeah, man. Toe to toe? Yeah. You're always you're always testing me, man. That's great. <laughs> like the biggest like we did this epic ride two weeks ago or three weeks ago Some or whatever. Time ago, yeah. And that was the biggest file I've ever done for seven hours, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was like it was it again. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was great, man. And like it was a total form finder. I was flying after that. And the day went quickly. Like, yeah, there was some yeah. hard moments, but it wasn't like we've got seven hours tomorrow and I get the feeling it's going to be a long seven hours. Yeah. Whereas with our seven hours, it went quick, didn't it? Yeah, it flew by. It could have been a lot longer though. Thank God it wasn't. We, we, we pulled the to, bail option. Yeah. It could have been way worse. That would have been eight. <laughs> and eight and a half for you. <laughs> um, all right. Do you prefer training or racing? Uh... I don't know. Like, I've really actually enjoyed this last period uh, where I was just training. Hmm. Uh, I'll always like training. I'll train when I'm done. Like, I won't hit the lap button, but I love riding. But um, now when I think of things, like, I was actually pretty nervous for this first race, and I was Hmm. thinking maybe I just like training. But then you get in the race, and, like, it was scary as all hell, like, for the first half of the of the race on Saturday, Stravianki, I was thinking, "Why the hell am I doing this? This is the worst race to start off with. Like, what what the hell?" But I got off, when I finished, got on the bus. I was like buzzing. Mm. And I was like, "Man, I missed that." You missed that feeling, that sense yeah. of like, "Yeah, this is all worth it." And that was that was what I was trying to think when I was out there too. Is like, I did all this training for this moment. Yeah, yeah. I almost stepped off the bike so many times, <laughs> and then like, but you get o- you get over it, you overcome it. It was like the sensation that I felt, even though I'd, I had a crap race, like I didn't help anybody on the team. I just grand fondoed it effectively. <laughs> like I, 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 I got through it and that, that feeling of overcoming my fears and overcoming like how crappy I felt in the heat uh, was a high. Mm. Nice. What's your favorite drink? Favorite beverage? Mm. Are we talking alcoholic or are we talking? Well, it can be anything. Like normally people do go to that, but yeah. it could be just, you know, a fresh vanilla Coke straight out of the cold fridge with I mean Dr. Pepper perhaps. I mean it's lame, but it's coffee. Ah. Because like if I had to go without any beverage, like if I had to like if I couldn't if I had to choose one beverage for the rest of my life, it'd probably be coffee. Wow, that's a big call. Yeah, but you I have it every day. Like, you know, like I couldn't I'm so addicted to it that I have to have it every Wouldn't day. Wouldn't be water? Well, I guess yeah. <laughs> I guess that's even more vital than coffee. Imagine if I'm only drinking drinking coffee. That's what I was thinking. I was like every meal. Yeah, yeah. So so I guess water. Out of out of essential is water and then coffee. Now if we're talking like a beverage that I like actually love. Because I don't like love coffee. Like I like a good cup of coffee, but it's not like I'm fin- finishing a ride and be like, man, I could go for a real good cup of coffee. But I think actually there's just a good cold beer. Hmm. Cold beer on a hot day. What sort of beer? On a hot day, I, I actually like something light. 
Like I don't even mind some of the Spanish beers. Yeah, like a what, San Miguel or yeah, an Estrella. Yeah, exactly. Estrella. Like yeah. on a hot day, they're great. What about back in Canada? Back in Canada, actually, uh, there's a nice uh, uh, brewery uh, called uh, Kitchissippi, which oh, is yeah. uh, in the area close to where I used to live. I make a really good, really good IPA. Nice. Yeah. On the coffee stop, are you a coffee stop guy or are you a keep going? Oh, you know me, man. Coffee stop for sure, <laughs> which when, has been killing me what, during this training block because yeah. like, we, we're not allowed doing coffee stops. Yeah, because of the, well, because of the COVID virus. Yeah, 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 it's been awful. So I camp. You, you saw this. I, I put the coffee in the thermos and got the pastries just so we could have the coffee stop. I have yeah. to have the coffee stop. It was brilliant. It was uh, so good. What, are you, what do you typically like to get when you stop for coffee? And let's just do two places. Let's do in Spain and then back in Canada. Spain is no brainer. You do you do the bocadillo. What would you get on the bocadillo? Classic uh, tortilla, you know, maybe a bit of jamón as well. Uh, you can't beat it. Mm. It's like people who haven't ridden in Spain don't wouldn't wouldn't believe it, and I wouldn't have believed it until I came to Spain. But the bread is so fresh, mm. and the the ingredients are simple. It's like if you just get tortilla, it's just egg, maybe a bit of tomato rubbed on, a bit of garlic rubbed on, and a bit of olive oil. Mm. But that's it. With an omelet in the middle. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like to North American, that would, like from my North American upbringing, that sound like why would I ever eat that? Because <laughs> in the middle of a rod. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, because your reference point is like Subway. Yeah. And so everything on that Subway sandwich is shit. <laughs> like everything has no taste. So you have to put like 50 ingredients on it for actually there to actually be taste. Yeah, yeah. It's like why, like if you just went to Subway and had the bread, tomato, like a bit of tomato smeared on, and some egg. It'd be the worst fucking sandwich you've ever had <laughs> in your entire life. But this sandwich is like one of the best. Yeah. And often on a big ride, like you're craving calories. You're kind of blown out of having sweet because you're probably having some something sweet in the pockets. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that, that sandwich, it's just the right combination of salt. Uh, yeah. And even for some reason, the coffee doesn't ruin it either. Like no. you need that coffee as well. You do have to train yourself for the Spanish coffee, but once you get to that level, you don't mind it. Yeah. It's, it's one of the worst cups of coffee you're going to drink yeah relative to what you're used to back home but you get you know yeah you're used to the cafe solo yeah and they have a vichy catalan you're good to wash it down what what about back in canada back in canada that's one thing that spain really misses lacks is canada like america has great cookie culture oh so the cookies are exceptional um you get like these one like just a classic chocolate chip's amazing but then you'll get like great like peanuts and like Mm. Like coffee a, and a cookie. Yeah, yeah. That's a, a typical cookie. stop. Yeah. It'll cost you way more than the sandwich and the coffee in Spain. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was about to say. Calorically, you're doing like maybe like relative to that bocadillo, uh, you're probably like a quarter of what you're consuming, but you're spending probably triple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about coffee? What's your go-to coffee? I normally just go Americano on the rides. What about at home? At home, I always start the day with a uh, cappuccino. Do you? Yeah, start with a cap. Do you have a brew machine at home? Uh, it's like not like a super nice one. It's just a Jura that uh, it's like a, an automatic one though, so it's not uh, not manual. And then you move into the black stuff after yeah. that. Yeah. Nice. All right. Do you train? Do you like training with a group or alone? I like training with one other person. So I like I I don't mind going on my own, but I, what I love, like I mentioned, doing rides with you, like one other person that's good to chat, mm. that likes to ride hard, 
uh, and that's it. Mm. I hate it. I really dislike. I mean, there's a time and place. In the early season, I don't care how many people show up, and it's okay if it's cruisy. But like once we're starting to actually train, you need I, someone on the same page. I need someone on the same page. Yeah. I hate showing up and then someone's riding like just noodling around, uh, not not willing to ride super hard. I also conversely, I don't like it when like some guys just stupid. But uh, you just yeah. got to find the right fit, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Favorite training route? Favorite training route? Um, well, or one it, of one of. Actually, um, I'm really starting to. Well, one thing I, I, I one of my favorite form finders is in Girona. I go and try and knock out uh, the three three salt climbs. So I go from Girona up to Candreo. Oh yeah. Do Candreo, come down, then do Bracones, come down, and then finish off with uh, Rocca Corba. And oh. I try and like kind of build it up. I do this progression where I do. Uh, so this is for anyone who's wondering where this is. You head up to Olot, and then from Olot you do the climb. It's a it's a concrete road climb, isn't it? No, Kendrew's, uh up. It's like towards Alfar. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ride it like as if it's the first. It's the middle of a race climb. So like annoying, but not that everyone can get over it. Then I ride Bracones at Skies in the front, second last climb of the day. So, like, it's, like, this sucks. Like, six watts per kilo. Like, there's only going to be 30 guys left. And then I come down to Rocca Corba. How do you go to Rocca Corba? You go down through Santa Powell that way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Descend in. And actually, recently I've been doing it gravel side from Felgons. Mm, that's right. You did tell me that. Yeah. And I go full stick. Yeah. It's my favorite workout. And then you go to the top of Rocca Corba from there. Yeah. Because the gravel, the way to go up the gravel side from this side, it brings you out halfway up. Yeah. Actually. No, seven minutes. Right at the, the steepest part. Yeah. How yeah. far is it from there? Still got like 20 minutes left. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. It's one of my it's my form finder. Like I find if I can hit good watts on that last climb, I know I'm in shape. Because it's like you're, you're not just doing the rocket corporate test. And that's also why I like it. Because no one does the gravel side, so you're not really butt hurt if you like finish and you see, you know, Freddie Ovette smoked you by three minutes on that thing. Because mm. like instead, you're going up the gravel side, which no one does. So you're only referencing you. And it's also very difficult on the on the gravel. There's like there's so many elements. One time the road, you go there this month and the road's all blown out. So yeah. it could be thirty seconds down. Yeah. But if the watts are still good, you know you're on on song. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. All right. What's your cheat meal? What's your celebration food? What do you go to to sort of let the hair down? Um, After say the test day, you hit all your numbers, come down from Rocco, and you're like, yep, burgers. Burgers. Yeah, I've really. Uh, because I'm not back home, that wouldn't be my answer if I was living in Canada. But I miss the classic North American burger, which is why we've been up in Andorra and I've been hitting Burger Brothers, <laughs> which is like a filthy burger. It's kind of like the fast food burger you want. You know, it's just like... Brioche bun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, a more American diner style, like thinner patties, yeah. but stacked on top of each other. Uh, yeah, like I like it when it's like gratuitously like unhealthy, mm. you know. Nice. All right. What's your best bike? Best bike, definitely the Evo. Mm. Yeah, I'm, the new I'm, Evo. The new Evo is amazing. Well, it's a common common theme. Yeah, People yeah. I talk to who are on our team are like, okay, we might sound we're just sort of seeing the sponsors line here, but it's true. Yeah, I'm blown away by it. Like, you always whenever whenever you're as a pro, you kind of. You feel obliged to it. This is the best bike I've ever ridden. You know, 
just because that's what the sponsors are paying you to do. And part of you dies when you're not riding that bike. When you're yeah. riding like a crap bike that you know is slow, real, real slow, like I don't know. I've been on real crap bikes riding for crazy Conti teams in the in the past, and you're like you say this is the best bike I've ever ridden, but you're lying. But potentially we were in that situation two years ago where the Evo we were riding. It was a great bike in its time, but it was just out of date, and yeah. you could no longer actually say this is the best bike I've ever ridden. No, it was, it was a great bike to handle with, yeah. and it was comfortable and it was light. So but it was still can... competitive at like the Ardennes, for example, but it was slow. And like they, Candel showed us the aero testing, and it was literally, I think it was like 45 watts at 40 kilometers an hour difference between that and the System Six. Mm. But then you get on this new, the new Evo, and it's aero. But you can also fit 33s with tread on them, mm. and you and I were doing some sweet ride, did some cool rides on on the 33s, like on the gravel. Yeah. Uh, and now it's gone to the point where, with this bike, I don't need like a gravel bike. I just go on that bike. I, I can ride my posi- my normal road position. I can do gravel with that bike. And if I'm just getting any earlier, I just get that mountain bike out. Yeah, you don't need something in between, and you can climb on it. And you can ride flat races on it. Yeah, you're not at a ma- ma- massive disadvantage at that. It's a good jack of all trades. Yeah, it's comfortable too. Last question, quarantine revelation. What's something coming out of that time, that lockdown period, that you've taken on or you've realised or how's it changed you? What's your revelation out of that lockdown period? I think my biggest revelation um, was how... I need to simplify things in my life a bit more. Uh, as a pro, it's quite easy to overcomplicate things, particularly, as you know, uh, we have lives in different places. Like, we ha- have family, friends, uh, and a place to live back in Canada. Uh, we have uh, a house in, in, up in, we have a place up in Andorra. And then we're spending time in Girona occasionally, too. And so, all of those things combined to make you think, wow, like we've had a really complicated life. Um, it's a great, great life, but uh, I don't, we don't need all of that. Mm. And so we've kind of, Ellie and I, my wife and I, we've really tried to make an effort to simplify things a bit more, um, to focus more on uh, our, our lives, our daughter, uh, and not, not get caught up in everything else that's going on. Because it was so easy at one point to go down the phone hole, mm. you know, get caught up in corona cases, uh, get caught up in whatever's being projected on Twitter. And you start getting anxious when in reality everything around you is not, not bad, mm. you know. Uh, even with our pay cut, for example, yeah. that was a point where it was easy to just get overwhelmed by that. But when you start thinking, okay, wait, I still have a paycheck that's coming in regularly. I have, uh, I have, uh, great friends, great family. Um, why, why do I need to get worried about everything else? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Exactly the same point. I had that thought too. It's like, well, I can go to the supermarket. We can buy what we need. We can come home. We can have fun at home as a family. It's actually quite a unique situation that I get this time. Yeah. Spend, you know, 12 hours a day or more, 15 hours a day, as long as my kids were awake with my kids, inventing games around the house yeah. and ultimately getting blown out, but just, you know, have a couple of beers. It's like, once you've flipped your head around that fact, 
it became a, a nice, a nice moment. Didn't yeah. It? Oh, and you feel terrible saying that because you know this has probably been some of the hardest, one of the hardest periods for a lot of people in this yeah. world. But uh, yeah, like it was, it made the concept of retirement seemed that much more appealing. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love racing my bike, but uh, you start, yeah, I, it made me realize that I'll, I'll be good when I'm done. Nice. Awesome. Well, mate, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, man. Cheers, mate. There we go. Woodsy, he is a crowd favorite. I've got to think of more stories to get him on the pod because he is easy to talk to. He's one of my good training buddies. So, as you probably gathered, I love having him on the pod. But for now, we have got some exciting news on Life in the Peloton. I've been stringing you along for a bit. I've been working it out. But finally, we have got caps made. Talking Luft is coming to life. Life in the Peloton official caps are made and ready to go. We only have a limited stock to start off, but we're still working out shipping. So this week... We're going to launch it, wait for the official launch on social media. The caps have arrived. We're trying to work out what the right postage is to do for you guys because it's actually quite expensive this time, especially to Australia. So in the coming week, I'm going to try and launch it, get it on the Etsy site. So look out for the official launch because they're pretty sweet. Heaps of luft. Guys, a long time coming. I'm pretty happy. So thanks a lot for all your support and get into the caps. Oh yeah, Luft is about to become real. Next week on the Cycling Pod, I've got a fantastic pod coming up. I'm doing the on the road between Strada Bianchi and Milan San Remo. I'm recording little snippets this whole week, a little bit before the race, a little bit after, a little bit before San Remo, a little bit after, and we're going to try and put it all together in time for next week's podcast on the Cycling Podcast. So until then, guys, enjoy and get into the caps.